0: so far? Yeah, that was that was great, man. Um, let me just say, the worship team, like, w- when you were playing without words, you created a, such an atmosphere. Just go for that. I like that. That was good. So, yeah, I noted, like, I got goosies, <laughs> as J-Lo would say on dancing with, what's the dance show? World of Dance. When dance team is so powerful, she's like, I got goosies on my goosies, right? I got, like, when they just started that, just that, soft melody something happened in the room and so good job it was awesome it was great before too but man there's something different something different two things can be true at the same time there was something different on it so y'all have an anointing for that so yeah go for it are y'all good tonight we'll have just a worship night from five to six so we invite you back tonight Yeah, Cowboys play early, so if you listen really well, we'll be done, and you can get home, you miss the first touchdown drive by the Cowboys, and then you can catch up, right? Uh, It's never, I just want to warn you now, it's never good if I mention the Cowboys, like it's like I shouldn't have said anything, because, so I'm not prophesying, I'm just saying, I don't need to have them on my mind at all on a Sunday, If you want to open your Bibles, there'll be a couple of different places, but uh Proverbs one, Psalm nineteen, maybe Luke eight. We'll go go to various places. Um, but there's just this came up came up in my my heart before service, and I was like, Yeah, I just wanna shift gears and, and go here. Um Father, we just love you today and we love that you like to be with us. Like <laughs> You could withhold but you choose not to. You could hide, but you choose to reveal yourself. You could be angry, but you choose not to be. Mm. And so we thank you that we have found uh we have found the apple of your eye. And you absolutely love to be with us. And God, that, that's what I love most about this house is that it just feels like the people that are building this are people that you just like to be with. And we feel it every Sunday, every time we gather together, when we sit and talk, talk about you over coffee, you show up. And we don't want to ever take that for granted. It's not a guaranteed thing. It's not an entitled thing. It's something that we make room for you and you show up. And God, we just, before I go into anything else, I want to say thank you for that. You don't take Sundays or days off. You don't take moments off. You're so consistent, and you're building a house of people that learn to host you, and I thank you for that. Don't take it for granted. I've been in many services and in many encounters where you weren't there. And God, I never want to do that. Come on, how many agree. I don't ever want to go there. So we just ask that you would continue what you've started. You've began a conversation. You've began a um, a dialogue with this house, and we ask that you would just keep keep talking to us because when you speak, we come alive. So I ask that you would have words of life today that you would anoint me to say what you want me to say, instruct my heart that I may say what you want me to say, and I pray God that there will be a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better. In Jesus name. Amen. So today, obviously, I want to talk about how we're listening. And I've talked about this before. It's been a while. Um, But basically, Jesus one time told them to be careful how they hear. Be careful how they listen. Would you say that? Be Be careful how I listen. Now, we don't listen with our ears. We listen with our heart. We hear with our ears. But we listen with our heart. So, you know, the science probably of hearing is pretty amazing that we can hear. So basically, this right here takes vibrations from the atmosphere and discerns it into what we hear in our, in our mind. This, this little thing, these little bitty ears, they get bigger as we grow older, right? Mine will be normal size by the time I die. <laughs> uh, anyway... This ear canal takes the vibrations. Sound is vibrations. It's a rhythm. It's a vibration. And so this ear canal, this inner ear, takes these vibrations and discerns it into something where our mind can comprehend it into words. Right? But how many times did Jesus say something to a crowd of people? He would say this very specific thing, and they would not even hear what he said. Some people there would hear it. But other people would hear something completely different. Like the one time he's like, hey, if you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, some people heard like, what, he, he wants us to cannibalize? And he's like, that's, that's not what I'm saying at all. How could he say one thing? I, I've had this conversation with my, my kids. How can I say this, yet you don't even hear me? But you don't hear me, though. <laughs> yeah, like what is going on that you don't hear me, you don't understand? How is it that the words we can be heard, but the discerning of the words, the listening can shift? And that's because that's the condition of our heart. Yeah. It's how we prepare ourselves for the words that we're going to hear. Now, I, I, can, hear, I can hear correction two different ways. Yeah, come on. My, both of my sons hear correct, corrective words completely differently. Josiah enjoys it. He's like, yeah, come on, yell at me, kick me in the butt. He's a little, little, guy, he's a little headstrong. He, he, he likes the rough and tumble conversation, right? Let's wrestle with our words. He enjoys that. But man, I can just say, hey, hey Matthias, do we put our dish on the counter without rinsing it out? And it breaks his heart. Like, <laughs> I said that so nice, How can (laughs) you—I can't say it any nicer, I promise. I can say it meaner, and that's even worse. They hear it completely differently because of the condition of their heart, the way they're made up. They hear things a specific way. And God wants to remind us and to warn us today to to be careful how we listen. Because we can hear a, a word of life from him and completely miss out because we didn't condition our heart for the word. You hear? I would, I would say that hearing is the most important part of our relationship with God. If we don't get our hearing and our listening down, then we miss out on parts of our relationship with God because it's it's a relationship it's based on him speaking to us and us understanding what he's saying see the reason Jesus could say say one thing and people hear various things completely different things is because they did not hear what he was saying with the agenda that he said it with agenda matters purpose matters so the reason that something is said is as important as the words that are being said. The reason is as important. And if Jesus, if God is speaking to us and we're missing we're missing the life that should come from it. I mean, when God prophesies, when God gives us a promise, when God gives us a word, at some point in time, it should produce fruit. And if we're not seeing that fruit produced, it might be because our hearing and our listening is disconnected and we and the way we fix that is we fix the agenda of our heart to where we have god's agenda real quick story of david remember when david had one of his one of his crazy moments right he wasn't out to war like he was supposed to be with the other mighty men i mean david was one of the greatest warriors so it's like He was sitting on the bench when he should be starting, right? He should have been out there. He was one of the best, but he decided not to. When all the kings were out to war, he decided to stay back, and he sees something that was attractive to him, and because he wasn't where he was supposed to be, he commits adultery with Beshi. but you know the whole story, right? Then he sets up this whole scenario to have her husband killed, who was a great warrior, and he was such a great warrior and such a great man of honor that he went to the front of the battle, they lied to him, told him what char- that it was charged when it was retreat. He charges and gets killed. David thinks, great, I just covered this whole thing up. I'm so awesome. I'm so amazing, right? And then the prophet comes to him. Nathan comes in and he says, hey, I want to tell you a story. There was this man that had all the, all the sheep and all, the, all the, the livestock that he wanted, but there was just this one thing that he needed. There's this one that this guy had, but it was his only one, and he went and stole that one thing from him. And David's like, well, who would do such a thing? That's an evil thing. Let me know who that man is. And you know the story. What did Nathan say? You're the man. You're the man. You're the, man. You're the one, right? And what did David, what, did, what happened? So David was in a place where I believe, I—I doesn't tell this in the story, but I, I, can't, I can't imagine that God wasn't talking to him in the middle of this process. Yeah, How many of us have ever tried to push down the voice of God and do what we wanted to do anyway, even though he's still yeah. talking? I can't imagine, like it wasn't one day he saw Bathsheba. Yeah. It was multiple days, and he's A wise, and he was a a, a strategic man. He probably figured out she bathes at this specific time and started rearranging his schedule around when she's bathing. He prepared himself for the moment. I can't imagine that God didn't speak to him and say, hey, is there somewhere else you should be right now? Hey, David, don't go out on the balcony today. Hey, David, don't do... I cannot imagine God not speaking to him. But David didn't listen. He wasn't listening because his heart had become attracted to another agenda. And, and here's the biggest part of it. This is not necessarily a story about adultery, even though it is about adultery. This is a story about a king thinking he had the right to take something that wasn't his. And what happened was David had gotten so big in his own eyes, I don't have to go to war. God will win the war for me. I don't have to fight. I don't have to go out with the other men and do what the other men are doing. I'm, I'm above that now. I'm beyond that. I've grown beyond that. I can have any woman I want. I don't have to ask permission. And if I don't want to ask permission, I'll just have him killed. That was the arrogance of the story. And that's why Nathan told the story in a way that would remind David of who he was. He's like, this, this guy had all the sheep and livestock he wanted. And this one poor old guy had one that he loved so much and cared for since it was a baby. He spoke to the thing that David had been suppressing and pushing down. But David's heart had shifted to himself. And he'd become become arrogant. Man, we can all associate with that, right? Like, how could someone do something so stupid? It starts with the conditioning of the heart with a different agenda than God's agenda. And it takes you so far down this path that God puts up roadblock after roadblock after roadblock and stop sign after stop sign and warning after warning, but we don't hear it. And then we look like, God, why didn't you warn me? He's like, I was trying to tell you all along, but your heart was so hardened that you didn't hear the words that were coming out of my mouth. You did not understand what I was saying. And I, and I feel like this is just God saying, just remember to listen for what God is saying, leaning into him. Like, we should be able to be in a room with lots of loud noises and, and activity going on, and God whisper and our heart sense it. We should be that, that close. We should, he, he wants us to be that close. How about that? Let me say it that way. It's not a we should. He wants us to. To be so close to him that in the middle of chaos, in the middle of loud things going on and, and jackhammers and garbage trucks and all the noise of the city, right, that we could just hear him, Hey, Jared. And then be like, Whoa, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. That was the condition of the prophets. That's how they trained prophets to hear from God. They conditioned their heart. Remember? He kept getting up. What's well, the story? Is it Jeremiah, right? He keeps waking up. And he keeps hearing someone calling his name. Am I remembering the right story? Samuel, thank you very much. Thank you. See, when I don't prepare, I'm stupid. <laughs> Samuel, get up. Hey, uh, did you call me? No, I did not call you. Go back to sleep. And then he told them after the second, third time, right? Hey, just if you hear the voice again, have your heart conditioned to say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. That's the condition of a heart that hears what God is saying and can convert the words into understanding. See, God does not want us to just hear instructions and orders. He wants to give those instructions with with. With understanding. Does that make sense? Be- because he wants us to join in so that we can have his agenda. It goes back to if I can get my heart to be wrapped around God's agenda, then when God speaks, my heart recognizes it and partners with his agenda. But if I don't ever gain understanding from the conversation, then I don't condition my heart for the agenda. I know it's a lot of. <laughs> what he has said to me before should recondition how I think so that I hear differently going forward. But if I don't take care of my heart, if I'm not careful with how I listen, then he could say words of life. He could prophesy words of life over me that are exactly what I need, and it could just bounce off like it means nothing because I didn't hear it. It's very important we know how to listen. In Proverbs 1, I want to read this. Proverbs 1, verse 1. I'm going to read Passion Translation. Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by, words of wisdom given to empower you to what? To reign in life. God wants us to reign in life. He wants us to be victorious. These are written as Proverbs by Israel's King Solomon, David's son. Within these sayings will be found the revelation of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding. How many want wisdom and understanding? Come on. This is where you find it, right here. Use them. He's like, take this wisdom and use them as keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge. So take the wisdom that you have, Condition your heart so that you can unlock even more wisdom. Huh, I gotta stop. I had a really good conversation. Matt and I were having a conversation this week, and we were just talking about how as we get older and how we want to grow and be better men as we get older and older. Is basically the whole summary of our conversation. And... It's so easy as you get older, as we get older, to stop doing the things that we used to do. Like the good things. (laughs) Like it's, it's easy to stop taking the advice we used to give other people for ourselves. It's easy to stop making wise, wise decisions about things, about character things. As you get older and be like, oh, I don't... It doesn't take all that, or I'm too tired to, to fight the character thing. I'm to, it's easy as you get older, it's, it's easy to allow those things to become less important and to become more of do as I say, not as I do. And we've got to fight that. We cannot allow that. And that's what this, this, this proverb here is saying. If you'll take the wisdom that you've had throughout your years, the wisdom God has poured into your life, and hide it in your heart, you will gain in wisdom as you grow older instead of gaining in, in ignorance <laughs> and foolishness and folly. Use these things as keys to unlock new treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Those who cling to these words will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship. Ow. If I will listen to him, he will give me wisdom keys to unlock more wisdom that will give me wisdom that I can use in every relationship that I have. Do you have any challenging relationships in your life right now at all? Anyone? (laughs) Use the wisdom that God has given you to unlock new wisdom. So that you can have wisdom for the relationships you're in right now. I just listened to a podcast I hadn't listened to. I've I've been um, changing. The, I used to listen to so many podcasts. Now I'm like, okay, I can't handle so many. I'm going to figure out the ones that I need to listen to. And I hadn't listened to Bill Bill preaching a long time. And I went in last night and I said, Mandy, have you heard this sermon? This is like from two or three weeks ago from Bethel. And he talks about the relationships that God has put in our lives are the relationships we need, even if they're challenging. <laughs> and they're they're there. And he said the more powerful you get and the more wise you get, the easier it is to remove those relationships from your life. But don't remove them from your life because God put them there to build his character in us. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Just I went to sleep just on repeat on that. Just. Killing my heart. Oh, but it's a challenge. Yep, it's a challenge to build the character and nature of God in us. Don't remove things just because we can. Only let God remove things, right? And that's what he's saying here. Use the wisdom. Use the things that you're learning in relationships for all your relationships, not just one or two, right? Choose what is right, what is fair, what is just. These Proverbs will give you great skill to teach the immature and to make them wise, to give youth understanding of their design and destiny. Come on, how many want to be that person? That young people want to come around you because when you speak, you give them wisdom into their destiny and their design. I heard a testimony this week of someone, and they, they were saying they were in a place, and they say every time we go to these places, young people come around them and hang out with them. I was like, it's because when you're around them, when you're with them, you're speaking words of life, and you're showing them their design and their destiny, and they want to hear from you. That's what we're supposed to do, amen? It says, for the wise, these Proverbs will make you wiser. For the wise. So for those whose hearts are conditioned, you will become even wiser. How many want that? I want a wise heart that's conditioned to hear the wise words of God so that I can become wiser. And for those with discernment, you will be able to acquire brilliant strategies for leadership. How many need that in your life? All of us, right? These kingdom revelations will break open your understanding to unveil the deeper meanings of parables, of riddles, of epigrams, to unravel the words and the enigmas of the wise. You will solve mysteries, he's saying. How then does a man gain wisdom? We cross the threshold of true knowledge, when we live in obedient devotion to God. How do we become wise? We live in obedient devotion. But then it says, stubborn know-it-alls never stop to do this. <laughs> they scorn true wisdom and knowledge. It's humility that unlocks wisdom. The goal is for us to gain wisdom, to grow in our wisdom and understanding. And it, I, I'm, I really wanted to, to draw attention to this today. And David says it in Psalm 19. He says, may the words of my mouth, you know, come on, may the words of my mouth and the, the meditations of my heart be what? Pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my God. There are meditations of our heart, things that we think about in our heart. Those things that we think about in our heart will become attracted to us. If we think about politics, the political spirit will be attracted to us. Hey man, I'm a recovering politician. <laughs> I'm a recovering political aholic. And yet, I say I hate politics. Yeah, I was so attracted to it. And the thing that you ponder, the thing that you listen to, the thing that you think about—I mean, you can only listen to so many hours of Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh and Mark Levin and whomever. I don't. Let's see if I can hit everybody here. (laughs) Fox News. Did I forget somebody? (laughs) Dennis Miller. Or the other side. I mean, you can go the other side too. It, is, it, it doesn't matter. It conditions our heart to hear what we what we want to hear. And and it doesn't matter who the president is. They can come out and say say one thing, but we all hear something different. Why? Because we've been listening in our heart and conditioning our heart to hear what we want to hear. I can't tell you how many times the other president and this president would say something, and. Both sides would hear something completely different. It didn't even matter. It could be the wisest thing ever, but this side was going to complain, that side was going to complain. It didn't matter because of the conditioning of our heart. And I use that because we're, we're in a world where we, where we have so many things to listen to. Like, things are demanding our attention. I absolutely, I hate the stupid watch. I... I, I I hate the dinging on my phone. Because what happens if your phone dings right now? What is everyone going to do? If your phone buzzed right now, every one of you would pick it up and look at it, probably. Except for some really strong and self-controlled people. <laughs> You're not gonna, I'm not going to look at it. But what if it's really important? Oh, yeah. What if my kids are walking on the railroad tracks and they're not supposed to be? What if my fantasy football team just let me know that someone got hurt, and I got to change the roster around. What if you're supposed to wear green jerseys to today's game instead of white? What if little Adam has the flu and doesn't want everyone else to get the flu so he won't be at practice? These are things, these are the messages nonstop. Ding, ding, bzzz, I hate that noise. I'm trying to train myself to ignore it. I am not a dog in some scientific experiment, (laughs) but it is a microcosm of our society. Facebook, television, radio, you name it. Everywhere we go, something is pulling for our attention, and here's what's scary about it. This thing right here probably knows us better than we know ourselves. Have you ever made a comment like, man, I, I really need to get this? I, I said this the other day. I need a new knee brace. I need a different kind of knee brace. Guess what happened? All of a sudden, there are ads. Oh, whoa, 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 wait, wait. Say hello? <laughs> hello? There are ads for knee braces, newer knee braces, things I've never seen before. How in the world does this thing know? <laughs> and then it it's calling for me. Hey, Remember, you said you needed that knee brace. It, it's, it's a societal issue that we need to get control of. It is more of a problem than we even know. Come on. Is this thing evil? Nope. But the way I allow it to condition my heart can become a problem. The way I allow the world around me to condition what I'm attracted to can become a problem. Let me say it like this. This is this will be really good, and it'll let me go on a subject I don't talk about a lot yet publicly. But with, I have I have three sons. Hello, my three sons. I have one son that's trying to be tall as me right now. So when he comes around, I stand a little taller. I wear my my shoes with the big heels on it when I'm around him because I he's not gonna. I'm I'm still taller. <laughs> but he's 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 at an age. He's becoming a man, right? Matthias is becoming a man quickly. So since they were little, we've talked to them about sex. We've talked to them about their bodies, right? We've talked to them about girls are supposed to be pretty. All the men should say amen, right? Women, are the, they were made of better stuff than us. We were made from dirt. They were made from us, so they're, they're prettier than us, right? They're supposed to be. But from the time they were little. We, we talked about things like, look, we watch a lot of sports. They're, what are they going to do at every sporting event? The cameramen. What is their job? The men, no. Come on. The cameramen, they have one job. Follow the play, and then when there's boring stuff on the field, find the prettiest people in the crowd and show them on camera. That's what they do. It's, it's, it's for men. Yeah, it is, and here's the thing about that, that we've taught our sons. Women are supposed to be pretty. If you don't think women are pretty, then there's a problem. You're supposed to think women are pretty. It's it's healthy. But when women try to be sexy. Hello, yeah. Whoa, you have any idea that we're going here today. There's a problem when a woman is trying to be sexy for a man that's not her husband. And there's a problem for a man when he thinks a woman is sexy that's not his wife. So, we've taught our kids when they're, since they were little, because the word sexy bothered them. Right? He's like, right? I'm gonna tell Like, so here's what we told them look, you're supposed to think your wife is sexy someday. You're supposed to be like, she is the most sexy person in the world. And then, I'm just going there. This is what I told them. You know what sexy means? It means you wanna have sex with them. Hello? Y'all okay? What? I'm there's a point. You're not supposed to think someone that's not your wife is sexy because you're not supposed to want to have sex with them. The problem isn't that women are not supposed to be beautiful. They are supposed to be beautiful. I know there are many thousands of millions of men in the world that are more handsome than me that that Mandy could think, man, they're handsome. That's fine with, I don't care. She chose me. Come on. I don't care how handsome Matthew McConaughey is. I give her a hard time with Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) I don't care how handsome he is and how cool he is with his southern drawl and all, all right, all right. I don't care. She chose me. Come on. The point is, kids, you're, boys, you're supposed to think women are, are, are beautiful. You're not supposed to think they're sexy. So as you grow older, they're going to show cheerleaders on screen. They're going to show this and that. It's going to be drawing your affections, but you have to say, no. There's only one person in my life that is supposed to be sexy, and that's my future wife. I'm not married to her yet, so I am not supposed to think women are sexy. So we condition our heart for the right things. So now, we followed that conversation up with, where to to bother them, I would just say, when Mandy would come around, hey, baby, you sure are sexy, and they would just blush. They hated it because they thought sexy was bad. No, sexy with my wife is not bad. It's really healthy. Sexy with anyone other than your wife is bad. What's the point? The world is yelling for our sons and yelling for our daughters, for their attractions to be pulled in a way that's not God's way. And if we don't set clear boundaries and condition our heart with the wisdom of God, that's ancient wisdom, This is ancient wisdom I'm talking about right now. This is simple 101 man and woman. This is the way it was created. Simple old school wisdom that our kids aren't being taught anymore. That our world is not teaching anymore. It's not wise any longer. And if we don't anchor ourselves, if we don't condition our heart to listen for the wisdom of God, we'll miss it. And we'll fall for anything. We follow these conversations up with, hey, boys, you're going to hear a lot of things as you get older. There are probably even going to be preachers that say that it's okay for homosexuality and, and this and that. You're probably going to hear that in your lifetime. I don't care. I said, I don't care if you ever hear me say it. Yeah, come on. It's not right. It's not okay. Condition your heart to listen for the wisdom of God. And I don't care what the world says. And the way the world tries to win is they try to label us. Oh, you're a, you're a, you're a homophobe or you're this, you're that, to, to, to push us off of the righteousness of God. We can't do it. We cannot go there. We have to anchor ourselves and condition our heart. I am only attracted to the wisdom of God. I am only attracted to the things of God. I put a boundary around my attractions because I want to attract more wisdom. I want to attract more things that he's saying, and I don't, I don't just want to hear it. I want to have a listening heart so that i can understand what he's saying so that i can partner with him come on he's he doesn't want to be this like boss yeah. he wants to partner with us I, I just abandoned everything that i prepared but yeah. hey man I, I, how can i make you more comfortable today is probably the question i should say <laughs> may the words of my mouth the meditations of my heart See, the meditations of our heart greatly affect what we hear. The meditations of my heart becomes the lens or the filter to what I do hear. If I'm negative, negative people will find me. If I'm positive, positive, happy, people will find me. If I'm fearful... Fear will find me. If I'm courageous, I will kick fear in the face. Come on. I'm a good, good talker. I will kick fear. I'm not afraid, right? Last thing. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because out of it flows all of life's issues. All our fountains, all our springs flow from our heart. And the meditations. Meditations aren't just passing thoughts. They are things that I think about and think about and think about that I mull over. Remember what it it said in, in the days of Noah? It says that men's hearts were what? constantly... Come on, read your Bible. <laughs> Men's hearts were constantly on evil. Yeah, you're like, well, you didn't know Samuel earlier, so had to, we're tied. We're tied. We call it even. Call it even. <laughs> Men's hearts were constantly on evil, and they were thinking up, mulling over, meditating on different ways they could be evil. So God says, I got to restart. Got to reset. The meditations of our heart will create the culture and the soil that causes things in my life to grow. The way that I have things in my life that God wants me to have is I condition my heart through meditation. I sit and ponder the things of God. Like We don't do this very well. We talk very well. We talk at God very well. We, we listen to music and sing very well. But how well do we just sit and ponder and meditate on the things of God? On the word of God, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Oh, to be desired more than gold are his wisdom. Come on. More than gold. Sweeter than the honey from the honeycomb are his words. Meditate. Add meditation to your life. I'm saying this because I have rediscovered meditation, not weird meditation. I've rediscovered, just shut up, Jared, and think about what God has to say about the thing. Just be quiet and listen. Maybe don't even talk. Shh. I told the story of a couple weeks ago where my heart, started to race into frustration and anger and resentment and I had to just go sit down for 30 minutes and just meditate and just be quiet I don't need to talk I don't need to say what's going on in right now because if I say what's going on in my heart right now it's not good so I just need to put my hands over my mouth and I need to let God talk to me and whatever he says I need to meditate on it meditate on his word meditate on his thoughts Meditate on what he said before. If you're in a hard situation right now, what has God done in a similar situation for you before? If you're in a financial distress right now, what has God done for you financially before as a miracle? Just think about that. Just go back and replay the movie in your head. you're physically in pain, has God ever healed you before? Has God ever done anything in your body before? Go back and replay that movie until it conditions your heart. Because God will speak a healing word over you right now. Mm. What's he done for you? Meditate on it. If you meditate on it day and night. The Bible even says that he will instruct us as we sleep. If I will turn my heart toward God, even when I sleep, he will be instructing me. That's the best instruction. (laughs) I get to sleep and he instructs me? This isn't painful at all. This is awesome. Why don't you stand? So, so to close it out, let's, let's say this prayer together. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, my Lord and my God. Mm-hmm. God, give us your heart. Come on, would you pray into that? God, give us your heart. Give us your agenda. Hmm. Instruct our hearts, God. Father, I ask that Fire Life Church, the people of this house, that we would be known as people who know God who hear God, who lean into God, who can hear the voice of God in the loudest noises, can hear the whisper of God in the loudest chaos. May we be those people that when all things around us are crumbling, we lean in and we can hear your wisdom. When we're in meetings at work and it's chaos and there's arguing and fighting, God, may we be able to hear words of wisdom from your heart that we can insert wisdom into the room. And peace into the room. Come on. (laughs) on. And God, as we find wisdom, may we use it as a key to unlock more wisdom. Would you pray that? Father, help help me as I discover wisdom to use it as a key to unlock more wisdom. And I'll close with this, and Hank and Ashley can close it out. What's the key to wisdom? The fear of the Lord. Devotion to God. Obedient devotion. So let's pray that. Father God, come on. Father God, I come to you now. And I will cultivate my respect for you, my fear of you. May you instruct me as I fear you. I will also convert the fear I have for you into obedient devotion. That all my ways may please you. And that all my words and my thoughts and my meditations would honor you and bring glory to your name. Jesus.